Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey everybody, this is Phil Haugen coming to you from our training facility in Weatherford, Oklahoma. And uh, I just want to thank you for joining us for this episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. It is a brisk, sunny morning here in Weatherford, Oklahoma. We've had uh, interesting weather. I've been wet for about a month. Temperatures have been cool. Um, You know, a lot of my family lives up in the Dakotas, and each morning when I check the weather, I mean, like yesterday morning, I think in Bismarck, North Dakota, where my brother lives, it's 36 degrees, and we were were 27. (laughs) You know, I just attribute that to all my clean living is paying off, and uh, (laughs) maybe I'm getting punished for um, some of my past. I don't know. Um, But anyway, it'll, it'll, uh, it'll turn around. It's going to be, it was a beautiful day yesterday afternoon and going to be beautiful today. The temperatures are warming up. It's so it's all good. Um, Actually, like I've talked about before, I enjoy the training part, um, training horses more this time of year when it's cooler because you can be a little more aerobic. um, You can get longer rides. Um, you know, there are certain times of the year where it's pretty tough here where, you know, the heat, you start sapping you. So really from a training perspective, it's, it's been really, really good. We've got barns are full of training horses and we've got pretty good little system going with, um, my help right now to where we're, uh, I'm able to get a lot of horses worked and be productive. And so that always, I always sleep better when I feel like I'm, I'm being productive and I, and I'm getting my work done when I don't, when I don't feel like I'm productive and I don't get my work done as good as I'd like, I I usually don't sleep very good. So, um, but it's been real good been good. So today what I'm going to talk about, and this is, uh, this is a topic that's going to affect or has affected virtually every horse owner in the world. And that is yesterday at a private clinic yesterday afternoon with a new customer. She was, uh, uh, this lady um, is very horse savvy, but like she told me, she was in her in her uh, 60s. And this is the first clinic she's ever been to. And previously she had a super nice horse um, that she lost. And, you know, that horse was, that horse understood her. She understood that horse. They had great communication really in the, in this particular horse, the discipline was in the barrel racing. And so anyway, you know, long story short, she's on a, on a different horse, which I don't know how long she'd had that other horse, but I think it was a good while. Cause that horse had a little age, age on him. So, so in her daughter, who has been to several of my clinics, a real good hand with the horse, um, really rides good, great student of the game. I mean, she's, I know she's always trying to learn. And so she came, she came and rode a young horse of hers that she's progressing along. And, 
in her training and uh, then uh, I worked with with her mom. So this particular gelding was 11, really nice gelding, good disposition, really good looking horse, got a soft eye. You know, he uh, had a lot of, lot of great attributes, but, but here was the problem. So when she would go to, I told her we worked on some one range stops and some lateral bending exercises just to, you know, the, the challenge was controlling speed and direction. This horse had run up the fence, run by the barrels. And I could tell right away it wasn't, it wasn't the fact that that horse was trying to be a, you know, a jack wagon. And, and it usually isn't. That usually isn't the case. Horses respond the way they do a lot of times out of anxiety or insecurity or uh, you know, just simply not knowing what we want. I mean, really and truly, if your horse understands what response you're asking for, if they truly understand the response you're asking for and they know they're going to get the release when they find that response, they will do it, period. You know, we we have to we have to understand that it's not about the mechanical manipulation of of our horses. It's, it's, yeah, we use bridle reins, we use our legs, we use bits as tools to communicate with, but, but with speed, if you're dependent on the mechanical manipulation, meaning leverage and, and hardware and to, to perform a task, it's not going to go very well. In fact, it's going to go terrible, you know, quite simply said I don't and I don't care what discipline I don't care if you're in the calf roping breakaway team roping barrel racing whatever it is any event that's that's really aerobic and take requires a lot of speed at some point you know if if you're totally dependent on those bridle reins it's not going to go very well um you know that horse needs to be you know your bridle reins when the slack comes out of your bridle reins that's got to be the first signal of that horse going okay i know i need to get ready you know and for me and i've talked about this before but when the slack comes out of my bridle reins that needs to be a signal to that horse that we're going to change speeds or we're going to change direction or both now you know when um, when I change speeds, I don't ever take the slack out of my bridle reins and go faster. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. So, you know, when, when I, the slack starts to come out of my bridle reins, my horse knows when they feel me start to bring that slack out of the bridle reins, they know they need to either rate, you know, slow down, or I'm going to stop their feet. And, and, and in this particular case yesterday, this horse had really, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say for sure, but I'm reasonably sure he'd never done a one rein stop. I'm reasonably sure he didn't understand that when the slack comes out of the bridle reins, you need to, you know, get ready to change speed or direction because he just went faster. And so, so when, uh, when this particular customer went to Lopez Circle, um, I could tell what was going to happen because this horse was real insecure when she was, she started out trotting 
and he was trotting really fast and he was kind of he was kind of waiting for her to pick up on him because i'm sure he had been rode um probably was used to being rode with pressure on the bridle reins all the time to where that that's what he depended on was, was that pressure i mean and when you put your hand down on him he would uh like he would just it was like the air going out of a balloon he would just run and then run faster and then he was just searching for a place to go you know he was just so insecure and, and here's the thing with this horse i mean this that was not at all his personality or disposition i mean he was kind horse soft eye great confirmation good looking but his challenges were all mental I mean, he, he just needed to understand what we were asking. So the loping, the loping circles, we had done one range stops at a walk and a trot, and they'd went okay. But here's the deal. And just like I talked about yesterday with these customers, you know, the first time you do an exercise on a horse and the first time that horse has done that exercise, it's not going to be super smooth you're not going to be comfortable they're not going to be comfortable so anytime just like in this case i mean this young lady was in her 60s and and she went you know was doing one rain stops but she was she was doing the four step process kind of backwards she she was taking the slack out of her bridle reins pulling her bringing her rein to her leg and then later taking her off hand to the horn and, and she wasn't going through the four step process of slide your hand down your rein and just keep it there. Your off hand goes to your horn and you push. Then you sit and push down on your heels. So the fenders of your stirrup leathers come away from your horse's rib cage. And then the fourth step is just slow, you know, just ease that rein, just slow and steady bring that rein to your leg those first three steps is what gives that horse the feel of what's coming it's it's the you know it's the signal before the signal okay well that was real uncomfortable for her and so she was bringing her rein hand first and it was kind of out of order and it it wasn't bad but it wasn't super smooth and she she knew that she said she, you know she was just a little uncomfortable and and like i told her i mean it, it that's totally normal to be uncomfortable but like we've talked about before to get better at a lot of things i've had to learn to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and if you want different results than what you're getting we're going to have to change something and when we change something that's going to be uncomfortable okay so going forward and going into this year kind of on that same topic anytime you get to feeling uncomfortable instead of letting your brain go back to what's familiar and safe because that's what our brains do they want us to go back to what's familiar and safe okay Instead of letting your brain talk you into doing that, stay with what's uncomfortable and just work at it until it gets comfortable. Um, it's like you ropers out there. You know, 
take that throw that's uncomfortable until it becomes comfortable. I've always said this, like in the breakaway roping. Um, I'll use my daughter Hannah as an example. When we when we started out, we worked on getting that one swing throw. And before long, that's what she was comfortable with. Heck, she wasn't comfortable with swinging two or three times. You know, she was pretty good at two swings, but at three swings, it, that was kind of foreign territory for her. So, uh, it was kind of live by the sword, die by the sword. But, you know, we won a lot of go-rounds. She won a lot of go-rounds. Um, roped a lot of fast calves because of that, because we developed what was comfortable. And, you know, my son Wade was the same way. When early on, when he was in the breakaway roping, before he got to where he had to focus more attention on his team sports as, as he got older and got into high school, he figured out real quick, the faster he learned to throw, the faster he'd be done practicing, he could go play ball. <laughs> you know, and so um, he, was, he was poison in that breakaway. Um, but, you know, that that getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, going back to yesterday's clinic, that's something, you know, that she'll go home and work on. And I know she will because she's savvy, savvy horsewoman. And, and, you know, the other thing I was going to say about that, too, and I'll just tell you, I mean, she's, she's 69. She, she told me she was almost 70. And I don't, you know, I probably shouldn't publicize that. But um, I tell you what, that is exactly how I want to be when I'm 69. I want to have the mindset that I want to get better and I want to keep growing and I want to... Uh, you know, I want to be the guy that's 82 and, and, and buys another ranch or buys another property or plants a tree. You know, I'm just, I, I have just more and more learned how important mindset and outlook and perspective is. And, and you know, in a lot of ways, There'll be some of you out there that have known me since I was young, you know, um, that hear me talk about this and you say, well, he didn't used to be that way. You're exactly right. There were times, you know, there was a time when I wasn't anything like this. You know, I didn't have the the laser focus on on what I was trying to accomplish or get better at, you know, and 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 really and truly, I mean, Life's a journey. There ain't no doubt about it. It's a journey. And on journeys, you keep moving because you're trying to get to a destination. But while you're on the journey, there's no destination. It's a journey. It's a progression. You know, here again, going back to yesterday's clinic with this horse. So after a bit, when we were, she was doing the one range stops at a lope and it was getting a little wild because this horse was really taken off like kind of run like I said it was like a you know blowing up a balloon and letting the air out of it and letting the balloon go it's just the horse was all over the place and and he was just basically running scared I mean he didn't understand um somebody putting their hand down and just letting him you know start him at a speed and him stay at that speed see 
went with uh, my horses, and this this is something that holds true with any horse on this place. I don't care if they're two or twenty-two. Any time, and I put them in a gate, whether it's a walk, trot, lope, canter. When I put them in that gate, and I put my hand down, they need to stay in that gate. And if they start to choose the speed, you know, it's just like it's just like when you're loping and your horse drops to a trot, what do you do? You encourage them to go back to a lope, right? Well, what about when your horse is loping and then they start taking off and they're basically running? What do we do? Well, usually we bring them back down to that lope. Well, usually what I do, and this is real important that it's done correctly, because most people do not know how to do a correct one rein stop in my opinion, okay? Um, I have a lot of confidence in the way I do one rein stops and the effect they have and the result that we get from them. But anytime that horse is determining the speed and I'm not, I am going into my one rein stop. And the reason is, is I want them to understand that at any time, I can change the speed of their feet or I can stop them. And to me, I don't care what you're going to go do. You have got to be able to do that. And, and, and to do that, in, in turn, that creates great collection. Because when you go into that one range stop, that horse has to get soft in its head, neck, shoulders, rib cage, and hind quarters. And needs to learn how to, to balance. That horse needs to learn how to relax and get round in its back. And, you know, those are the results I want when, when I go into that one rein stop. And so um, the other thing you got to remember too is that, you know, you have two distinct specific sides to that horse. You need to train the right side and the left side. And so, Yesterday, when I got on that gelding, you know, and, I, and we just worked to the right, I told, I told her we're just going to work him to the right. And the reason reason I was doing that is I was trying to build confidence one direction, and then we'll switch to the other direction instead of confusing the horse. Sometimes you have to dumb it down. Sometimes you got to make it brutally simple. I mean from the horse's perspective, if you go from one thing to the other, to the other, and then back to the first thing, and then you just keep switching up, there are cases when that's okay, but that's not what you want to do with the horse that's struggling with their confidence. You want to keep it simple. You know, it, it's no different than um, any other discipline or any other event or anything we do. You know, get get good at one thing. Get good at one thing and then go on to the next. I mean, the mistake or the weakness I see in our horsemanship is we do one thing, we do it a little bit at a slow speed, and we think, oh, we got this. Well, no, that's not the way it works. So, yeah, it was good at a walk or a trot. You know, it, a walk is one or two miles an hour. Um, okay, put 30 miles an hour with that going as hard as you can out of a blind alley to the first barrel. Okay. Well, that field timing and balance and that understanding that that horse has as to what's coming needs to be 30 times greater. 
okay so you know always think about that when you're thinking about oh my this this is uh you know this is boring which we talked about that yesterday i told this particular customer i said yeah it i mean i'm you, this is going to be boring you're going to get bored with it it's not going to be this exciting event um but it's going to be very productive short story long when i got on him and the reason I got on him wasn't that I needed to. It was just for his sake where I was more comfortable doing the one rain stops. I was going to make it easier for him to get comfortable quicker. And by doing that, when this customer got back on, it was going to be much easier for her to, to complete that task, to complete that exercise. And it was. So when I got on him, and he, this horse's MO was, you know, his history was that he was running by the barrels and up the fence. Not all the time, but sometimes. That right there tells you that he doesn't know what was expected of him or what they wanted him to do. So when I got on him, I put my hand down and he, he's, you know, he starts out, we're loping, then we're running. And I slide into a one rein stop. And with speed, you got to be real conscious of slowing your rein hand down when you bring that to your leg in a one rein stop. The other thing is when you do it, number one, you need to know the four steps for safety reasons. Number two, you need to be on really good ground. And, and I was. So with speed, you got to slow that rein hand down. But I did numerous one rein stops. Then I'd let him stop when he'd get off the bridle, when his feet had stopped moving and he'd get off the bridle, get off, take the pressure off my rein. I would release. I would let him get a big breath. I would back him up, step him to the right, and I'd go into that right circle again. And I kept doing that. And he kept speeding up and he kept speeding up. But finally, I put my hand down and I could feel him want to speed up, but he didn't. And I just left my hand down. And he loped a nice circle. We went a couple circles and he started to speed up. And I slid into a real smooth, nice one rein stop. Same thing. Let him take released when he when the pressure was released. When he got off the bridle and there was a little slack in my bridle rein, I released immediately. Let him stand. Get a breath. Because that's the reward. If when you stop your horse and as soon as he stops and you release, you take off again, where was the reward? You know, they, they need to have a second to process. I mean, you're, you're, you're dealing with an animal that speaks a different language. We got, we got to, you know, we, our brains are already thinking about the next step, but you got to let them process the last step. So he'd take that big breath. I'd, I'd, back him up because I don't a horse that isn't stopping I'm sure not going to stop and ride him forward I'm going to stop him back him up change direction stop him back him up change directions I'm going to do it hundreds if not thousands of times because the next eventually when I he feels the slack come out of my bridle reins he's not only going to stop he's going to rock back on his hindquarters and get ready to do the next exercise okay I I do not I absolutely despise a horse pulling on my hands, 
I, that is not enjoyable to me. And I just, well, number one, you don't, you can't control speed and direction if they're determining the speed you're going. And when you ask them to do change either of those, whether it be speed or direction, and all they do is pull on you, well, you're not getting a response. And if there's a hesitation anywhere in your run, you're losing time. And the world we live in now, there, you can't afford it. You just cannot afford it. You know, this is, you know, and, and, and I see this all the time. I mean, I see it all the time. I don't, I mean, just remember this in any speed event and everybody that listens to this has heard this, but if you don't have 100% control of speed and direction, it is going to be really tough number one to be consistent and if you can't be consistent you can't build confidence okay confidence is built is gained over time through consistency confidence is gained over time through consistency so if you don't have control of that speed and direction there's no way to become consistent and if you can't become consistent you can't you can't gain confidence you know so with this horse it was so um and this actual this this was over about a three-hour period um so it was a short clinic um but there was just you know it was just basically me and her um like i said her daughter who's a you know she's been to several of my clinics she uh she is a really good horsewoman horsewoman really dialed in has nice horses um but uh anyway over a period of time that horse started to understand that unless unless i asked him to go faster he just stayed at the speed i put him and before we were done i mean he would he had softened you know, he was licking his lips. He had started to collect when he stopped, um, you know, because I stopped him two-handed. But even though I stopped him two-handed, I've always got more pressure on, on one rein than the other. I don't ever have – when I stop a horse, I don't ever have even pressure on both reins if I'm riding two-handed because you just take that – you take that uh, leverage position away to where they – you take that root away from them when you when you go with one hand then the other um but i stopped him a couple times and he started to get up underneath himself much better than when we started and then uh when my customer got back on um she got along great did a couple one range stops at a at a lope you know you could just see the the smile on her face and the confidence and you know it was uh like i told her i said i don't know what you valued that horse at before you came but to me when she left he was worth double that and because really and truly at first other than just a nice riding around horse you i wouldn't have wanted to go do anything on him at at any speed that that didn't look very fun so you know, it uh, it was a great example of a challenge that a lot of us face and a lot of people out there are facing. 
you know, just be thinking about that when you go out to work your horse this next time. You know, think about, uh, do I have 100% control of speed and direction? It, it, does my horse always stay collected? Not just going slow, always. When you're running hard and you take the slack out of the bridle reins, it's the first movement of their head forward and pulling on your hands and then coming back, or does it immediately come back? There's no room for the hesitation anymore. Not not in the world we live in, not with the quality of horses. So anyway, that's all I got for today. Thank you for listening. God bless you. And as always, be your best. Hey, thanks for joining us on today's show. To learn more about the training program that inspired the Be Your Best podcast, head over to philhagenhorsemanship.com and join our online community by following us at philhagenhorsemanship on Facebook or Instagram. This is where we're going to be sharing tons of training tips and information about how you can experience our Training Through Understanding program at one of our upcoming clinics. As you go through the day today, I want to encourage you to figure out one thing you can do to get 1% better, whether that is in your horsemanship journey, your career, or your personal life. Own it and be your best. God bless and have a great day of training.